If you look around, there are so many ways to make a difference. At Capella University, our FlexPath format gives you a different way to earn your degree. Take courses at your speed. Move on whenever you're ready. Education should fit your life. Learn more at capella.edu. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And you know what, Exxon Nation, what I've learned over the last 20 years doing this show is that, you know, fiction is stranger than reality, and it's more prevalent in the world of the paranormal, the science of parapsychology, and all, and all the topics that we discuss each and every night here in the X-Zone. And of course, now we're heard right around the world with our broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim. Um, let's see, Australia, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. And of course, on the Talkstar Radio Network, X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and on Star Cable. Toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com and our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. All right, I've been saying for the last three or four weeks that come June the, 7th, uh, June the 14th, I would have some exciting news to share with you, the members of the Exxon Nation pertaining to the Paragators TV series that I wrote. It's official. The Exxon, Relmar McConnell Media, and yours truly has signed a multi-year television contract with a, uh, with a production facility and broadcast network here in Canada that has international ties. That's all I can say right now. We start production this year. It's a multi-year contract. We're looking at working and bring both sides of the stories that we cover here on the Exxon in Paragators. I'm very happy to announce that today the contract was signed just hours ago, finally ratified by both parties. And as we progress in the next weeks, I'll be telling you more about the project, where we're going to be shooting, and how you can send us your ideas for stories that you would like us to investigate on Paragators. For more information on Paragators, the TV series, go to www.paragators.org. That's www.paragators.org. This is a great day. Not only did we sign the contract, but our very first guest, who's going to be joining me on the other side of this two-minute commercial, is Dr. Lynn Kitai. She is the lady 
who knows more about the Phoenix Lights event going back to, when was it, uh, March 1977, I believe. Nin- 1997. 1997. And we're going to be talking about the Phoenix Lights in this next hour. Dr. Keita is going to tell us about a new film. She's going to tell us about a new book. She has a lot of great information to share with us on this phenomenon, this extraterrestrial visitation that was witnessed by hundreds of thousands of people. Dr. Lynn Kitai is my very special guest on the other side of this two-minute commercial break. As the Exxon starts for tonight, Monday, June the 14th, in the year 2010, from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, 1-800-610-7035 is toll-free. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. Check out Paragators, www.paragators.org. I'll be back in two minutes with Dr. Lynn Kitai. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen.
Explanation, Dr. Lynn Keita is my special guest. We're going to be talking about the Phoenix Lights, a skeptic's discovery that we are not alone. It was back on March the 13th, 1997, something extraordinary happened in the skies over Phoenix and across Arizona. On that clear evening, a parade of low-flying, mile-wide V-shaped formations of orbs and craft glided silently overhead, attracting the attention of at least 10,000 people. Now, in this book, this is a detailed account of that evening, and the ensuing cover-up of what is now being hailed as the largest mass sighting of UFOs in modern times. You know, but there's much more to this story, Exonation. By following the journey of a respected medical professional who moved from skepticism to belief while meticulously investigating the topic for 13 years since the event, the reader takes a wide-ranging tour of UFO history from primitive cave paintings to 21st century reports. Extensive image analysis combined with the testimony of a variety of well-known figures, including past presidents and astronauts, such as Dr. Edgar Mitchell, it makes a compelling case that these anomalous phenomenon have been visiting us for millennium. Joining me now is the author of The Phoenix Lights, A Skeptic's Discovery That We Are Not Alone, Dr. Lynn Kitai. And Dr. Kitai, always great having you with us. How are you, Dr. Lynn? Fabulous, and thank you so much, Rob, for uh, for inviting me. It's, we've we've been through the the rigor with this because when I guess we talked mm-hmm. um, shortly after I came forward after yeah. seven years of uh, anonymity and a meticulous investigation, searching mm-hmm. for a logical explanation, which of course I never found. And what I ended up with was a 750 page journal of incredibly compelling. Uh, data, not only the history of these phenomena, the similar ph- phenomena that are occurring worldwide the past two decades and, and certainly increasing uh, and, and being compared now to the Phoenix Lights. When mm-hmm. I came forward in 2004, uh, and, and congratulations to you, by the way, you've come a long way as well with your new yeah. show and everything, and, and uh, you. your radio program is, is wonderful, and, and I hope uh, many more people get to hear it. Um, but at any rate, when I came forward in 2004, uh, and it wasn't an easy decision to do that. I, I had remained anonymous and wanted to stay so, but I knew if I didn't, uh, the book would probably sit on the shelf because I condensed the best of what I had found over those uh, seven years into 220 pages and finally came forward. I've never said what these things are. I've only said that they are, and it's time we get this out in the open and uh, address it, accept it, and study it. So we can not only find out who's driving these things, but also move forward in our, our own evolution. Because when I, I came forward in 2004, the accepted and official explanation was that these phenomena were flares. And I have no idea, no, no reservation that uh, flares were probably deployed by the military to divert people's attention away from the true unknowns. But as you mentioned previously, uh, there were many anomalous phenomena occurring throughout the state for many, many hours. Those that are listening who, who aren't familiar with the Phoenix Lights event, which again has become uh, really historic in the annals of, of human history and one of the one of the biggest and most well-documented mass sightings uh, ever, um, really began about 5.20 in the afternoon on March 13, 1997. Uh, we have reports as late as uh, 5.30 the next morning, but thousands of people were outside looking purposely at the sky that evening for a glimpse of the Hale-Bopp Comet, which was very clear in the northwest sky. 
uh, when they also viewed uh, gliding very low, very low altitude, very slow, about 30 miles an hour. Some people did see this takeoff at a tremendous speed. Some people saw lights, giant orbs that seemed to be attached to something or with a field in between, about a mile to two mile wide in some reports. And other people saw craft, and there were actually different craft. Now, whether it was uh, from the person's perspective or their angle or if there was uh, a craft that could morph into different things, if you go on our website, the phoenixlights.net, Phoenix Lights Network, which is loaded with information, uh, if people care to take a peek at it, it, it's so intriguing and fascinating in and of itself. The GAP page, G-A-P, Geospatial Animation Project, is really a compilation from 12 years of documentation reports going through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of reports uh, by Michael Tanner and, and Bill Hamilton, as well as the uh, UFO Reporting Center, um, the Councilwoman Francis Barwood reports, hundreds of reports there, as, far as, and, and as well as Arizona MUFON, uh, to really decipher what mo multiple people saw. And there's about eight or nine different crafts that are illustrated on the website. People can take a peek at that. Um, it's fascinating when you when you look to see what what occurred throughout the entire state. And by the way, not only were these phenomena very low, just gliding right over people's heads, they were silent. Uh, whatever this was, obviously wanted to be seen, and mm -hmm. it went through the most populated corridor of Arizona, again, for, for many hours. It's just fascinating. And when you talk to the witnesses, um, their descriptions are so heartfelt and so detailed. And some people even saw these orbs detach from the main craft, go out into the environment, and then redock with, with wow. the object. Uh, incredible technology, to be sure. Tell me, Dr. Kitai, I, I know that at the time there were those who, you know, the National Guard came forward and said, listen, we were the people who did it, there were flares, and then I understand that the U.S. Border Patrol also came forward with some cock and bull story that it was one of their new surveillance uh, drones that they had. When, when, did you, when did you and the and other people actually realize that someone was trying to pull a cover up here and that what they were saying and what it was are two different things? Yeah, that's that's a really good question because anybody that that saw the real deal mm -hmm. knew that this, you know, it, it just felt that it was not from from this world. And of course, most things can be explained. Sure. Um, uh, a, only a small percentage cannot. But just because we don't have the technology yet to definitively define what these things are, it doesn't mean they're not real. Mm -hmm. uh, to get back to your your question, because there's there's just so much to discuss here, but. Um, for me personally, and we can get back into that if you'd like, uh, my husband, who's also a physician, and I had a very close sighting to our home two years prior to the mass sighting in 1995. And there's a big, there's a whole story that I'm now sharing in my new book that came out in March uh, concerning that sighting. Um, and I did get pictures. Again, if you go on the website, thephoenixlights.net, the photo page, um, I didn't even know who to show them to. I didn't have any uh, background or knowledge or even interest in the topic and wondered for two years what this advanced technology, it seemed like advanced technology, was right outside our, our bedroom window. There were three orbs and a pyramid formation. And then they came back again two years uh, after two months before the mass sighting, and I happened to capture, and this is really important data, and one of the reasons that I felt obliged to come forward with the information, because here I have pictures uh, of the same exact phenomena in the same exact location two months before the mass sighting, straight on 
turning into a V-shape, and it was so unnerving because I had not had the sighting explained from the early sighting or from the closed sighting two, year, two years earlier. I called around and found air traffic controllers at Sky Harbor International Airport who saw the same thing at the same time. This is two months before the mass sighting, and they described... Now, this is in Class B airspace, number one. It did not show up on radar, and they were so alarmed because anybody that, that is within a 30-mile radius from the center of the airport must call into the tower to report that they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. And this is about a 1,000 feet altitude, and they picked up their binoculars to look. And in their own words, they described six huge points of light, equidistant from each other, a massive span over a mile wide, that seemed to be attached to something, but they couldn't quite see what it's attached to. And you would hear that over and over again during the mass sighting as well. And they actually watched this thing turn against the wind. And that's mm-hmm. when I got my pictures, which is kind of serendipitous because we were watching the same thing at the same time. And then went slowly in synchrony as if together uh, behind the mountain range, South Mountain. And I said, well, what were they? And there was silence. And then finally, the air tra- one of the air traffic controllers says, beats me. And I said, wait a minute, you're air traffic controllers. You're supposed to know it's in our airspace. Exactly. And, and Yeah. And we kept in contact. I continued taking photographs and video up into and including March 13th, where I got one of the, captured one of the signature, handful of signature videos of that night. My, my video is the three points of light, like the end points of a mm-hmm. giant or triangle. And again, I had no idea that there was a mass sighting going on and happened to walk into a field investigator's office the next morning from MUFON that I had been hooked up with because I wanted to find out what was going on and learn that now thousands of people had seen what what I had seen. I mean, that was riveting in and of itself. The the people, thousands of people, um, certainly hundreds were calling the news stations and um, police stations, Mm -hmm. which they said they only got a few calls. We actually have a a 911 police operator, Phoenix police operator, who just came forward. She just retired uh, recently, and she's in our documentary now and in the new book, um, describing that they got hundreds of calls from people. I mean, this was something that was so unusual, you don't call in and, and start, you know, uh, really not only um, reporting something, uh, if, it's, if it's a blimp or, I mean, we see blimps and, you know, helicopters and planes and flares as well. Um, that's, that's number one. I mean, people just knew in their heart of hearts that something was really extraordinary that traversed the entire state. On the other side, there was no investigation, no explanation for months. Uh, there was a USA Today article came out June 18th, 97, and a front page with a picture and so forth that somebody, an illustration uh, that, that Tom Lee, uh, Tim Lee uh, had drawn, and uh, really opened up this sighting to international scrutiny. We were deluged by media from all over the world. And once they started talking to the witnesses, their mm-hmm. descriptions were so detailed and so heartfelt. They, too, were saying, why isn't there an investigation? Why isn't there an explanation? And, again, I, I have to tell you, Rob, I really tried to do my homework here. I mean, I this is something I knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking for a logical explanation, went down to the University of Arizona Optical Science Department, uh, the uh, Consciousness Studies Department, ASU, Arizona State University, Geology, Anthropology, Mathematics, um, astronomy department Dr. Kitai, well. please stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. It's great having you back here with us in the Exxon, Doctor. Exxon Nation, Dr. Lynn Kitai, a good friend of the Exxon, is my special guest this first hour of tonight's show. 
Her website is www.thephoenixlights.net. She's the author of The Phoenix Phoenix Lights, A Skeptic's Discovery That We Are Not Alone. We'll be back on the other side of the news as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.x. ZBN.net. Exxon Nation, Dr. Lynn Kitai is my special guest. She has a brand new book out. It's entitled The Phoenix Lights, A Skeptic's Discovery That We Are Not Alone. And I've got to tell you something, Exxon Nation. Uh, I, I was a total skeptic of the Phoenix Lights, as you all know. However, after reading Dr. Kitai's book, looking at the evidence, and then doing independent research, I agree with Dr. Kitai and the thousands of people in the beautiful city of Phoenix. Something did happen over the skies of Phoenix that night. And and I have to ask you this, Doctor. Why do you think the military never took an immediate investigation into the sighting? That's a very, very interesting question because uh, anybody that saw the event was so puzzled, so mm-hmm. baffled, and actually aghast that here was something that passed so low, rooftop, throughout the entire state, and when the military or the government were asked, and I called before the break, and I I not only went to university level to try to do my homework, but I also went to every military base Mm -hmm. to inquire what they knew, what they thought. They were more interested in seeing my photographic documentation than giving any explanation. They didn't know either. They were just as stumped. It was just really bizarre that there was... You know, and, and when, when the officials were asked, they would say, what, something happened on March 13th? But interestingly, the day after the USA Today article came out on June 18th, suddenly the then governor, the former governor, Fife Symington, mm-hmm. called a press conference saying that he knew who the culprit was, that they had, they had, uh, they're going to reveal who the culprit was of the uh, mass sighting. And everyone took it seriously, even the media. And here he starts his uh, press conference and marches out one of his aides in an alien costume with a big yep. alien head and made a mockery. I, I remember that very well. Joke. 
Why, and, why, you know, why did I'm he do that? I really offended a lot of people. Rob. But why, why yeah. did he do that, Dr. Lynn? Why did he take well, such a lapsical a attitude? Well, there's why he might have done that. Um, but but the, the point is, I mean, certainly after the USA Today article mm-hmm. came out and it really opened this up to international scrutiny, they had to do something. And, um, you know, whether the order came from higher up or he just felt that he needed to diffuse it, uh, you know, who knows. But the, but the point is that it really offended a lot of people, especially uh, parents who were with children at night, and there were a lot of kids outside. I mean, people were playing baseball and golf and all kinds of stuff was going on. It was a beautiful, beautiful, clear night. And again, people were looking up at the sky at the Hale-Bob Comet. Um, so many, many people, in fact, children were usually the first ones to see it and alerted their parents that this big thing was coming. Because keep in mind that Independence Day uh, movie had come out six months before. And we're so inundated, and that's one of the other reasons I wanted to come forward with the threat and the fear factor. Um, through so many years of media and TV shows and movies that are that are scary, and yes. we're jumping up and down. Independence Day, Independence Day, they were frightened. Yeah. I mean, there was this gigantic mile-wide thing coming towards them. But interestingly, and this is another part of the book that I get into, only the first third is about the Phoenix Lights, and then I get into some really intriguing uh, material. Uh, concerning the connection between all unexplained phenomena, if we have time, we can get into that. But uh, the, the interesting thing in real time is that as the phenomena got closer, not only children but adults as well, a, a calmness came over them, a connectedness to the phenomena. And again, you go back to your original question, you know, what was this? Well, you know, that doesn't happen with flares and blimps. No. I mean, there was a, 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 a real-time transformation where the kids wanted to run after the phenomena and, or get in the car and have the parents get in the car and ride after it. It was really an, an unbelievable, real-time, positive transformation, a connected, connectedness and an awareness that we're not alone. I mean, this really happened to, to thousands of people, and it, certainly the after effect, which is also very telling. But And by the way, in over 13 years now, there has not been one, not one report of harm, threat, or abduction associated with the Phoenix Lights. So that in itself is very telling. But anyway, getting back to the military, mm-hmm. um, I called around every every base, and, and suddenly about a month later, this was jo- July 24th, and this is really an interesting piece of a puzzle. Uh, I get a call from the head of PR at the Air National Guard. And she says, oh, Dr. Lynn, I think we know what those lights were back in March. And I was looking for any logical explanation, so I thought I said, yeah, you do. She said, yeah, would you believe that in five months, no one ever looked at the log for visiting Air National Guard, and the Maryland Air National Guard was in town sending off flares in Operation Snowbird, which, by the way, I found out since means diversionary tactical maneuver in military terms. Um, and that must be what some people saw. Now, I had never mentioned what I had seen previously mm-hmm. or when, and I said to her, um, well, when was the Maryland Air National Guard in town? She says, March 1st to the 15th. I said, so they weren't in town in January? She said, no. I said, for sure? She says, oh, no, absolutely. I said, well, I have photographs of the same exact phenomena in the same exact location two months before the mass sighting, it was confirmed the following morning by air traffic controllers as, as in hovering in Class B restricted airspace. And she said, you never told me that. <laughs> and then I said, besides that, and I had educated myself by then to what flares, again, looking for a logical explanation, what flares look like. And flares 
especially illumination, military illumination flares that they said that they deployed, um, drift and drop with the wind. I mean, they cannot keep information. They have huge smoke trails that are illuminated by the flare itself, and that, that's what they're for. They're to illuminate the area around, and not one person, not one person that saw the true Phoenix lights described any of that. But I said, you're trying to tell me that flares that cannot keep a formation, traverse the entire state in a V formation for hours? She said, oh, I have a call coming in. I'll get back to you while I'm still waiting. It's one hell of a long call, isn't it? Right. So, But, but meanwhile, meanwhile, Rob, um, you know, we were still open. Hey, mm-hmm. if, if it was military, and not only did I have photographs, two months before the mass sighting, the same exact phenomena. But when you look at the pictures from 95, which, again, is a whole other story because I sent them to Dr. Bruce McAbee, Navy optical physicist, to, to analyze. And we it then realized there were the same phenomena in the background. We were looking at the close objects. The same phenomena was in the same location in the background in those pictures as well. So whoever did this did it at least three times that I had photographs of. So fine, if they did it three times, they could should be able to do it again in the same spot, right? Well, do it again, reenact it. Well, it was three years later. It was um, March 7, 2000, that uh, finally they announced big time uh, that three Air National Guards were coming into town. This was Maryland, uh, excuse me, Maryland was the original one. It was New York, uh, Michigan, and California, I believe. We're coming into town to deploy flares and show everyone the Phoenix Lights. Well, we were all ready for them. In fact, if you go on the homepage of the Phoenix Lights Network, there is a, a wonderful report by uh, the Arizona Family CNN affiliate, and they show the footage, actually, yeah. of the flare drop. And it was a joke. I mean, talk about a joke. Uh, they had their shot, and, and I have to tell you, it was so different than anything that uh, we had seen as far as uh, Phoenix Lights related. They tried to make a triangle, it was upside down, it fell apart immediately, had huge smoke trails that you could see with the human eye. Um, it, it was just such a confirmation for those who were waiting for a logical explanation like myself that, hey, you know, the, uh, the military had an opportunity here to show everybody the Phoenix Lights. They announced it publicly on the news and in the paper and so forth and the mm-hmm. radio, and it wasn't anything like what we had seen. So that really gave me the show to say, hey, you know, something is going on here that needs to be uh, addressed, really investigated, and gotten out in the open. And that's the other thing, uh, Rob. Uh, you know, I stayed anonymous for a number of reasons, not only because Certainly, uh, it was precarious to come forward at the time. People were really being blasted, including the um, the councilwoman Frances Emma Barber, which who was the only uh, person in government that innocently she hadn't seen it, but she had so many constituents, hundreds of constituents, calling her asking her why wasn't there an investigation? That she asked for one at a council meeting and was just blasted. I mean. Uh, nailed to the wall by the media it was it was a very scary time to come forward and so i just did my homework and i i was never going to come forward uh but after you compile so much information and we're talking 
from from the top you mentioned this from the from the time human mm-hmm. documentation began we have indications that uh people were seeing these things in in primitive caves prehistoric animals are, are etched out in the stone in, in uh, Pakistan and, and other areas and uh, in the sky. There's a UFO, what we would call a UFO today. How did they know that? How did they even think about that unless maybe they saw it and, and drew it, as well as um, pictures and paintings uh, during the 15th and 16th centuries as well? There are people standing on the ground looking up at the sky, and there is what we would call today as a UFO, and certainly indication in the Bible, Ezekiel's wheel, and so forth. And Do, t- tell me, Dr. Lynn, tell me, Dr. Lynn, what do you think sure. the Phoenix lights were or are, based on, based on your research? All I can say, besides the fact that certainly they're anomalous, mm-hmm. and, and if somebody came out with their military and they were testing something, well, that's very concerning. I mean, not only has it been 13 years, and there's not a hint of anything similar that the military has come forth with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly these phenomena are being uh, spotted all over the world and reported all over the world. And many countries are coming forward. Uh, in the 80s and the 90s, uh, Belgium had their very similar sightings. Uh, they came to the United States and said, are you doing this? And the United States flatly denied that we were. Actually, in World War II, if you go back a little Further, these true fighters, they called them, uh, were these same orbs that used to fly, would fly around the different aircraft during the war, and each side thought that the other side had these advanced uh, technologies, and it wasn't until after the war that each side realized that nobody had this kind of technology. Uh, and then you go into um, not only Belgium, but UK, and actually one month before our sighting, which is very interesting, uh, February 19th, 1997, there was a mass sighting in St. Petersburg, Russia, and a couple people got video, and in fact, one of the uh, illustrations in the GAPS uh, uh, illustrations on our website is the same exact uh, V-shaped object that had multiple lights on it, but each light was made up of three lights, and there's actually footage of, mm. of that from St. Petersburg, Russia, and we put that um, uh, craft on the cover of the new uh, documentary, uh, Phoenix Lights Beyond uh, Top Secret, uh, because it is so riveting uh, to see to see that. And some people here actually reported that throughout the state as well. So there was a lot going on. And, and to answer your question, I don't know what these things are. are. Uh, I just know that they are. And, you know, what really propelled me to come forward, not only finding all this wonderful data that, that substantiated from pilots and presidents and military that something was really going on here. But other countries are coming yeah. forward at, at record numbers with thousands of UFO files. Tell me, Dr. Lynn, why do you think the government of the United States and other governments around the world are actually covering up these UFO sightings? And, and you know, instead of just saying, you know what, they're here, they don't pose a threat to anyone. There has been no hostile action that that has been recorded taken by any one of these UFOs. What's the big secret? That's a that's the number one question. <laughs> there is a reason. Now, some people, you know, there's lots of rumors, and I don't get into the politics of yeah. this. Um, you know, I'm just sharing the data, and uh, you know, as your as your song said at the top uh, of this segment, you know, from the heart. I mean, this has really uh, become a, a passion yeah. for for myself to to be able to 
to share this because I've been working for 30 years on, on sharing. I actually uh, produce video and workbook curriculums on the reality of vital health issues like agency, pregnancy, and substance abuse distributed by Discovery Education worldwide for schools. Um, once I had this information in my lap, how could I not share it? This, this, the reality of this vital issue. Um, you know, it's not for me mm-hmm. to say what they are. I mean, look, it took 17 centuries, 17 centuries for humankind to realize that there are zillions of microorganisms all around us with the advent of the microscope, yes. uh, even in our body. Some are beneficial, mm-hmm. some are pathogens. Uh, we've learned to deal with it. Uh, we also know that there are electromagnetic energies around every living cell. And just because we can't see these tiny living organisms or electromagnetic energies or radio waves or, or gamma rays, it doesn't mean they're not real. We may just be looking on the AM dial for an FM frequency. All right, so, let me let me ask you this: We're running out of time very fast in this segment. In fact, I'm this is I, you know I've got about thirty seconds before I have to take my break. Do you think that humanity and society it would be able to accept the fact that we are not alone and that we are being visited by beings from another planet, another universe, or another dimension? Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think a lot of this is interdimensional. We can get into that after the break. But, uh, you know, I have to say that, uh, you know, we have been inundated with this information. It's been leaking misinformation, disinformation, whatever, um, for at least the last 50 years. We have been getting prepared for what's to come, plus the fact people now have the technology to actually capture these things on... on, uh, Dr. Kitai, please stand by. I have to take my break now. Dr. Lynn Kitai and I will be back on the other side. I'll give you all her contact information when we return. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. 
But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well, now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.x. ZBN.net. Well, I'll tell you something. There were people talking about what they saw in the skies over Phoenix in the state of Arizona going back to March 13th, 1997. And one of the people who were saying, hey, wait a minute, just because it was way back in 1997 doesn't mean that we're just going to forget about it. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to hold somebody responsible. And we're not going to try and get the government to investigate what the heck happened. We are. And of course, that's our guest this hour, the one and only Dr. Lynn Kitai. Her website, Exonation, is www.thephoenixlights.net. And she's the author of The Phoenix Lights, a skeptic's discovery that we are not alone. Now, now, first of all, uh, Dr. Lynn, thank you very much for joining us. Always a great pleasure to you, to you and your crew. Uh, congratulations on some awards. Uh, your film is doing fantastic. You've got your new film. You've got a webinar coming up in a couple of weeks, I believe. And you're also going to be in Montreal. So tell our listeners how they can take part in all these wonderful things and learn more about The Phoenix Lights. I am, and thank you so much, Rob, for for sharing this information. And and that's the main reason I came forward is that, you know, if I can be a credible voice, even a little one, so that people will actually look at the data, it's so fascinating. And there's so much to this story, so much more to this story. In fact, uh, in the webinar, if if people want to check out Spirit Heart Productions, uh, I'm doing a very in-depth interview the 25th, 26th, and 27th of this month. Uh, mm-hmm. talking about my near-death experience as well as uh, what I'm sharing now in a new book. Uh, and there, it's also on our website uh, concerning the first photographic evidence ever uh, authenticated by Dr. Bruce McAbee of missing time. Uh, that's a whole fascinating story in and of itself. Also, uh, we'll be um, presenting over the July 4th weekend at the Delta Center Villa for the um, International Institute of uh, integral human sciences. That's going to be really fun. Uh, my uh, my PowerPoint um, uh, coincidence or connection because there are so many coincidences yes, that sir. happened since the mass sighting. It's it's really fascinating when you look at that data as well. So I just hope people pick up the book and and the documentary as you mentioned. We've won over a dozen international film festival awards, which is unheard of for a documentary and certainly one of this genre. We really I, I push my entire professional lives aside to to share this information and I just hope people take a look at it. Dr. Kitai, thank you very much for joining us. Always a great pleasure talking to you and please don't be a stranger. I look forward to uh, another uh, another visit and I thank you so much again and, and great luck with, with what you're doing. Thank uh, you. it's it's terrific to just raise awareness of, of all these wonderful topics and let people decide for themselves. Thank you, Doctor. Take care of yourself. Regards to your husband. And, uh, you know, keep pushing them because if anyone can break them on the Phoenix Lights, it's you. <laughs> well, we're trying. It's just, and by the way, I'm working on a curriculum now uh, for the classroom. Uh, my passion for kids. And uh, I'll, I'll keep you posted with that as well. Please do. Dr. Lynn Kitai has been my guest this hour, ExoNation, www.thephoenixlights.net. That's www.thephoenixlights.net. 
Phoenixlights.net. She's the author of The Phoenix Lights, A Skeptic's Discovery That We Are Not Alone. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 1-800-610-7035 is toll-free worldwide. I'll be back on the other side. Don't go away. <laughs> 